All right, hour three of the Plank Show. On the road today, we had Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites 2022. Tomorrow night, the Randy Rogers Band with the Jason Young Band. Gates will open at 5 o'clock. Jason Young Band will play at 6. Randy Rogers starts at 8 o'clock. There'll be a fireworks show afterwards. You can get your tickets at riverwind.com. Or I'm actually at the box office. So you go inside. Listen, I'm not even going to pretend to know which one is the main entrance. I just take the uh, I take the turn off Highway 9, <laughs> and I'll bark, and the box office is right here where we're located next to their food court, which includes an IHOP. Come on by. You can get your tickets today, and there'll be a great kid zone out here on Saturday night for the Randy Rogers Band. Tickets available as well online at riverwind.com. I'm watching here. This is probably in the – top five stories of the day presented by newcastle casino where real gamers go to play newcastle casino their happy hour monday through friday 3 to 6 p.m conveniently located off i-44 at exit 107 get your uh, bets in at the off-track betting at newcastle casino as well i'm imagining wimbledon it's in there somewhere and we've got some updates from uh, wimbledon this is the spot uh, where we would talk about that that's right Let's go ahead and hit it. Pierce, big story number five. Okay, there is nothing about Wimbledon in the top five okay. stories. Okay, well today. then can I just tell everybody real quick? We won't spend yeah, a ton of time on Yeah, tell me what's going on, on. After uh, yesterday, we saw old boy Nadal. Getting, what, thank you, Rafael Nadal was trying for the calendar Grand Slam. Had to pull out because of an ab injury, right? A stomach injury, his gut, it's all tore up. Uh, what, what an abdominal tear is what they said? Abdominal tear, so Ouch. he's out. He he had advanced to the semifinals, was going for the, as you said, calendar slam, had the first two legs, and obviously was into the semifinals here. Uh, Djokovic leading two sets to one, by the way. There's oh, your update. No, Novak Djokovic moving on potentially to a Grand Slam showdown with Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios? 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 The crazy Australian guy that seems to want to fight everybody. Anger issues there. Anger. All right, big story number five. I have something unique for you in the top five stories of the day, Josh. Something that we don't bring you, and maybe we should more often in the top five stories of the day. I've got baseball highlights. We're bringing baseball back. Baseball might not care about you on the 4th of July. They might not care. But we had a couple of interesting games last night, including, you know what we love, we love some walk-offs. Nothing in one. Garcia ready. Pitch to Alfaro. Hit in the air to deep left center field. That's going to win the game. Slater going back and watching. It'll bounce over the fence. A rule book double to walk it off. And Jorge Alfaro with his third walk-off hit of the year has given the Padres a 2-1 to win in 10 innings here tonight. What's a rule book double? That's what I was thinking. Do you know, Josh? No, I don't. But this is a matter-of-fact broadcast, and that's going to end the game. I just was going to say, here's a win. Walk it off. Rule book double. Padres win in a walk-off over the Giants. Two to one in ten. The postgame show is next. Let's make it a quick one. I got to get out of here. Oh, I gotta, I've never heard of this before in my life. A rule book double? Did he... Ground, ground rule double, I guess, is yeah. what he's referring to. Right, I guess so. I, He's just trying to 
be creative and oh, you do think something. so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if I flair, a little flair. Okay. On All it. right. Cool. Fair enough. Hey, create your own thing. I still have guys um, that fight with me because I said it one hops the wall, and the, and if it bounces off the wall, like if it one hops the wall, that means it hopped over it. You're technically incorrect. I'm like. <laughs> If it one hops and goes over the wall, I'm pretty sure that suddenly then I would say it one hops over the wall, it's a ground rule double. When you say it one hops the wall, I think 99.9% of people realize that it one hopped and hit the wall. I mean, again, I'm not here to fight with y'all, but apparently some of y'all need it. I have a guy. I told you about this the other day. Got me so triggered. Someone was giving me all kinds of kudos on Facebook. And I appreciate it. It made me feel good. The very next, I can't trust his play by play. What do you mean you can't trust it? I think I'm making things up as it goes along. Well, he says right field and it's right center field. <laughs> Shut up, goofy hat nerd. Anyway, um, San Diego wins in a walk-off. I think that's like the eighth straight loss for the Giants. To say things are struggling a little bit for Gabe and his crew in San Francisco would be an understatement. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. They've lost uh, eight of their last ten. Excuse me. I knew there was an eight in there somewhere. Meanwhile, also last night, you got the uh, you got the Yankees rolling. The pitch swung on right. and hit in the air to deep center. Back goes Duran. Back. He looks up and it is gone. It's a grand slam. Wow. So, I only play that cut. Did you see Josh Donaldson pimping his home run? I'm all, all about it. I love it. I do too. But his bat flip did land right on the catcher. It's, he threw his bat up, and it landed right on the catcher as the Yankees rolled last night. Yankees and Red Sox, uh, that's going to be a fun series coming up. Uh, well, game one last night, Yankees won it 6-5. to five. It's going to be all over your TV this weekend. Oh, You're going to be so tired of Yankees-Red Sox by Sunday. It's going to absolutely blow your mind. Meanwhile, one of the baseball notes, speaking of the Red Sox, that I wanted to get to, Chris Sale and his implosion in the clubhouse yesterday down at Worcester. In one of his uh, minor league rehab starts, he was asked about he was asked about his temper tantrum. He was asked about losing his mind. Here's what Chris Sale had to say: When I was young, I made mistakes. I'm not going to shy away from it. I acted like an idiot last night. And I've acted like an idiot before. I do it in the dugout. I've been told through the years, "Hey, take it to the tunnel." So you think you're in a safe space, and you think that you're in private. That's a place that you're not supposed to really have cameras. There's no public access to that, so I thought I was in, you know, kind of a safer spot. But hey, is what it is, man. It's, it's who I am. It's what makes me a big leader. It's what makes me good at my job. Might not be the best for the public guy, but what is? Who's perfect? Name him. I'd love to shake his hand. Ooh, ooh, Chris Sale. Allow you, uh, allow me a moment to introduce you to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Chris Sale. There's perfection for you. Um. I don't disagree with him, Josh. I don't, I don't disagree with him. No. I think he's got a really good point. He's like, listen, I'm going to lose my stuff. That's how I'm wired. I don't lose my stuff on people. I don't lose my stuff hitting anyone. Um, listen, if I break something, I'm going to pay to fix it is, is what I'm taking from this. But I've been told, hey, go down in the hallway. Don't do it inside of people. And somehow there's a camera down there that catches some break. I think he was tearing down a shelf, was he not? <laughs> Yeah, he went bonkers. He went full Chris Sale, the Hulk, you won't like me when I'm angry, and basically just went insane for a minute after getting knocked around, which, 
Hey, you know, again, like he said, this is part of, in his mind anyways, what makes Mr. Sale tick. This is what makes him great. And that's a part of sports. Did anybody legitimately, like outside of just damage to the facility that, again, uh, he could pay and have fixed, did anybody yeah. legitimately have a big problem with that? Like, were people freaking out? No. Oh, I listen. I was joking yesterday. I I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't have the what does the Aaron Rodgers tattoo mean conversation, right? I was I was a little bit disappointed about that, knowing how, you know, first actually with the way first take has gone recently with some of their fill in hosts, it's been a little bit more enjoyable. But from the first takes of the world and what's Skip Bayless's show called Undisputed, uh, I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> What does Aaron Rodgers' tattoo say about his commitment to the team, Skip Bayless? You know, it's like <laughs> I was a little bit ha- – so I, I think, Josh, there wasn't much of an overreaction outside of the fact that it just went public and he's had some anger issues before. What did he do, cut up like a White Sox jersey that they had a couple of years ago that was a, a throwback and he didn't like it, so he cut it all up and wore it how he wanted? I, <laughs> just these things that trigger people. So Chris Sale apologizes. Big story number four. So now we go from the NBA summer of Chet Holmgren in Utah to the NBA summer of Chet Holmgren in Vegas. The um, I'm not going to lie to you, Josh. I'm kind of in on the summer league. Did you watch Paulo Boncaro at all last night? Paulo Boncaro, Jabari Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, good. Yeah, again, similar to the NHL draft for me. It -hmm. was kind of background, but no, I enjoyed it. I was digging it. I loved it. I'm all in on the summer league right now. So the Thunder will shift their focus from uh, Utah to Vegas for the next round of summer league action, and we'll start losing our minds on, let's see, Saturday night? Saturday night when they play against the – Houston Rockets at 7 o'clock. That will be on ESPN2. And you'll get a chance tonight. Let's see. Who in the – oh, the, the Nets are playing. You think Kevin Durant's going to play for the Nets tonight in the summer league? He better. Uh, six, o'clock, <laughs> 6 o'clock for the Nets and the Bucks. That's going to be on ESPN3. ESPN2 later tonight, Suns and Lakers. There's actually spreads on these. Josh, do people bet on summer league basketball? Plank, come on. Yes, of course. Of course we bet on summer league basketball. We have to get our fix somewhere. Meanwhile, (laughs) speaking of the NBA, do you want to play a Draymond Green cut here, or do you just want to move on? I'm all about a little Draymond controversy. Sure. People can't accept the fact that athletes are now businessmen and no longer just playing basketball. And at some point, people have to realize and be able to accept the fact that athletes are businessmen and we make business moves and business decisions because you are operating a business. I am operating Draymond Green Inc. or whatever you want to call it. So why, if Draymond Green makes a move, a business move, is it not viewed as just that? Let's talk about the move that's made. Is that a good move for business or is it not? But to start calling somebody weak and they run from challenges, that's baffling to me because that man has worked 
his entire life to be in that position to where he controls where he goes next. And by the way, everyone in the NBA can't control where they go next. So to be in that position, to have the opportunity to control what you do next, that's the American dream. So it wasn't even in response to a question. I don't know if I agree with him, but I understand where he's coming from. And I just – I thought about this this morning on Mad Dog. It makes you sound like you don't need the fans, right? Oh, I don't – you guys think I'm just a basketball player. I'm not. Well, you're not running Draymond Green Incorporated without the basketball side of it, right? And I appreciate that you've got to the point where, I mean, from the way that's made to sound, you don't need basketball, but there's still passionate fans that pay a lot of money to go to games and – care a lot about the wins and losses of their teams. And did I mention pay a lot of money to go to games? So I, I absolutely think that fans understand that you're a businessman and it's a business, but Josh, whenever you're doing things like requesting a trade from somewhere that you are responsible for building up, right, and that you I'm, – I'm talking Katie to Brooklyn. When you built up Brooklyn in your image and then you want to be traded, less than what – Four years after you've been there? Yeah, people are going to be mad. It has nothing to do with the business side of it. It's weak. You got everything you wanted, and then you want to be traded? So I don't – I think I understand his I, – I think I understand his point, but I don't know if that's really a problem that fans complain about. They want to see you play. They want to see sports matter to you. And when you're like, well, they don't matter as much, okay, sure as hell make a lot of money off of it. I pay a lot of money to go see you. It just seemed a little short-sighted on my end. I think a lot of fans do understand that athletes are business people. And, you know, Draymond's sort of acting like this is new with himself and Kevin Durant or LeBron James. Michael Jordan made being an NBA player a businessman, right? I mean, so let's not act like (laughs) this is overnight that this has happened where – you're running quote unquote Michael Jordan Enterprises or Peyton Manning Inc. or Tom Brady Inc. This is uh, not new in sports, but you separate a little bit. We do as fans and we do as sports commentators the business side from the success on the court side or success, uh, you know, on the gridiron side. And look, the, the moves that you make, I'm sorry. Regardless of if it's a business decision to leave Oklahoma City and go to Golden State, it's not just going to be viewed from a lens of, okay, can Kevin Durant make more money? Can LeBron James make more money, you know, shooting movies and doing this or that in Los Angeles? It's going to be viewed on how did you affect the franchise that you're at? What position did you leave them in? And who are you joining? I mean, it's just. It's never going to strictly be viewed in a business sense like that. Yeah. I I just – this whole idea, too, of, like, the new media. It's like, shut up. People have been doing this forever. You're not the first athlete to do a podcast. Stop it. You're not doing anything new. Pierce, did did you want to jump in? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Pierce. Whenever, like, Draymond says, like, it's a business, at that point, if you treat it completely like a business, what does a title even mean? The competitiveness is gone. A title just means more money for that franchise at that point. If you complete it just like a business, 
There's yeah. no competitive. There's no reason to win. It's all money at that point. There has to be give and take at least. At least. At least. All right. Uh, what number was that? Big story number four. Let's do big story number three. Josh, I think we have a little bit of a Deshaun Watson update, but I also don't know who to believe and who not to believe. Because now after the Pro Football Talk and Josina Anderson report yesterday, it appears as if they found some contradictory information in at least one of the accuser's story because of her adult son and some testimony that he had that his mom didn't have a problem with it. But then all of a sudden as these cases started to grow – that she started to, you know, jump in on it. Now, I'm going to be very clear. I don't know what mother-son conversations are like, but I don't want to have those conversations with my mom about what happened in a massage with Deshaun Watson. But eh, neither here nor there. But according to Mike Graziano, excuse me, is it Mike Graziano? My Sam- Dan Graziano of ESPN. The two sides briefly talked about the potential of a settlement. In other words, both sides, the NFL, the NFL PA, Deshaun Watson, and and the NFL peeps, could, in the middle of Sue Roberts' investigation, Sue Robinson's investigation, say, "We came to an agreement. He's agreed to this suspension. So this is how long he's going to be suspended." And by the way, that was just one heck of a save, man. That was a hell of a save live on the radio. My man was going down and saved himself. That was awesome. Um, anyway, back to the point. The NFL wants to. I think the best way to put it is keep the idea of an indefinite suspension open-ended. Deshaun Watson's people, want if it's going to be an indefinite suspension, they want him to be allowed to apply for reinstatement somewhere after like six, seven, or eight games. The NFL will not budge. At one point, they thought that they were moving closer towards 12 games. But, Josh, this is becoming a, a – classic all-or-nothing situation now. And if Sue Robinson decides that, hey, listen, in these five cases that I'm looking at, there's nothing that violates the NFL's policy, conduct policy, then, bro, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. I, he might not get suspended at all. But I just – the NFL's unwillingness to bend on the indefinite suspension, it leads me to believe they know something about which direction they might go here. Yeah. Do you have the pro football talk report I've in got front a, of you? Yes. Will you will you share that? Well, I've got two of them here. Are you talking about the Sun or are you talking about the Graziano one? The Graziano okay. one. Basically, what he's saying is that the two sides had settlement talks during the hearing. He said, as have others, that the league had been pushing for an indefinite suspension of at least one year. Graziano mentioned at one point, by way of further elaboration, that the league had moved the needle for the minimum suspension in Watson's direction. Quote, they weren't able to come closer enough late last week. The league is still insisting, from what I've been told, on an indefinite suspension that would allow Watson to apply for reinstatement after a certain period of time. Initially, they wanted that period to be a year, but they moved a little closer to Watson, and we're talking about, you know, you can reapply after 12 games, but Watson is still not interested in signing up for that indefinite suspension. Yeah, and if the Josina Anderson and Pro Football Talk reports are true that there wasn't 
evidence of coercion and some of the other pieces that Josina Anderson and others were reporting yesterday, then I just I know that this is going to upset some people. I think it's going to be hard for the NFL to to justify an indefinite suspension and and you know give Watson what a full season, twelve games. I mean, right? Here's what I think. I think Sue Robinson is not affected by any of these reports that are out there. And I think that what, my opinion, there's confidence on Deshaun Watson's camp that they're going to get a four- to six-game suspension. There's very much confidence on the NFL side of things that their indefinite suspension is going to be a year. They were willing to move it a bit to 12, but they're confident in indefinite. To me, you have both sides that are leaking out little details in the court of public opinion. That's me, Josh. That's where I stand on it. Could be wrong, but I think that's the game that's being played. All right, we got to hustle now. We've gone way too long. Big story number two, conference realignment latest. Here's what we have from Matt Brown. For what it's worth, at least one Power 5 athletic director says the talk about these meetings between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are completely overblown. Another person with ties to one of the 10 extant Pac-12 programs likened the discussions to a drive-by sniffing out, which in itself brings up a lot of questions about that sort of things that go down in West Coast dog parks. That same source clarified that no meat space had taken place as of Thursday morning. So what have we heard? Deep talks. There's deep talks between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Josh, this doesn't really seem to be trending in that direction, does it? Deep talks about how they're going to set up this uh, big TV deal with the ACC is what it sounds like. (laughs) I like it. And then big story number one. Oklahoma checked in at number two in the Big 12 preseason poll. If we would have voted... What would it look like? We'll bring you our Big 12 preseason poll next. With Josh Helmer and with Pierce the intern, I'm Chris Plank. The ref is on the road on a Friday right here on the Home Sooner Fans. So, question, as we roll through our personal top ten right here on the Plank Show, we're live from Riverwind Casino. It's where we're going to well, spend the final 30 minutes of the show. Is this really what they're talking about right now on the debate shows, Josh? <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? Hold on. Where is this report even coming from? I guess common sense. <laughs> I mean, literally, okay, just, by the way, out of, out of left field, uh, report, LeBron doesn't care about Lakers picks and uh, amid Kyrie rumors. What are LeBron James' priority at this state in his career? Hold on. Uh, LeBron reportedly wants Kyrie on Lakers. Doesn't care about team's future picks. Will the Kings prove his will the King prove his power by reuniting with Irving? Um listen, I don't think they just make this stuff up. But I mean there's where is this report coming from? I, I don't see 
I don't see anyone like losing their mind over this. Is this a Woj report somewhere, or is this something that maybe just one person said? I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but I haven't seen anything that would lead to that kind of comment. But common sense, as you said, Josh, would tell you that LeBron's not going to care about the draft picks, and he wants the best team possible. Report. Patrick Mahomes does not care about salary cap. Wants new wide receivers after Tyreek Hill trade. Breaking. Okay. Mark Stein is reporting that the Lakers need to trade Westbrook before camp because LeBron James is eager to join forces with Kyrie. That's all he said. Um, can I be honest with you? I, I don't. I don't think that I would want to trade Russ. I said it. Um, I'd like to see Russ play another year in L.A. I said it. There, I said it. I think you're trading away a guy who loves basketball, who, again, might be a little bit out of control at times, but I think Darvin Ham has a plan. I'd much rather have Russell Westbrook than a guy in Kyrie Irving that I don't know if I can trust him, Josh. I mean, at the very least, you know Westbrook's going to go out there and give you 110%, right? I don't know what I'm getting from Kyrie, game in and game out. Probably not the best way to look at building a roster, but that's how I feel about it. As a diehard Laker fan, that's me. Am I crazy? No, from that standpoint, it's not crazy. I mean, obviously, I do think Kyrie Irving today is the better player between the two and the track record of success that LeBron and Kyrie share together would be attractive when, you know, paired finally with obviously Anthony Davis. So I think if they can get that deal done to me, no, you get the deal done and you bring Kyrie Irving in. I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to wind up happening though. I think it's it's just going to be so hard to move Westbrook. Yeah. There's no, there's no traction on a Kyrie Irving chain, which probably means it happens today, but I'm okay with keeping Russ in Los Angeles. Okay. To the Air Comfort Solutions text line. No, I'm sorry. Our, our top, our Big 12 preseason poll. All right, let's let's see. You know what you did. You're getting me triggered by sending me screenshots of what Skip Bayless is talking about right now. And Colin Cowherd. Oh, by, by the way, here's the funny thing. Is in not a single one of these reports is that LeBron James said he doesn't care about draft picks. It's like, what? do we just make stuff up now? What are we doing? Anyway, back to the point. We all agree in our Big 12 preseason poll that we would likely keep Baylor number one since they won last year or no, Josh. How about this? Instead of playing by rules, give me your top five based on how you think it finishes. Not as to where they are right now, but how you think it finishes. And if you need some time, I can give you mine first. No, I got it. Uh, Oklahoma's winning the Big 12 Conference in 2022. Oklahoma's one. Baylor is two. Mm Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, three. Kansas State, four. Texas, five. Okay. Here's my five. The exact same five teams. I have the exact same five teams in my top five. OU, one. Oklahoma State, two. Kansas State, three. Baylor, four. I like Blake Shapen. Oh, I. Um. Not as much as you two do, but I like Blake Shapin. I like Adrian Martinez. Not as much as some people do, but I like him. 
But, man, <laughs> Spencer Sailors played a lot of football. <laughs> and I think, really, I'm giving Oklahoma State the nod just based on that. I, I know it's not the right way to go about it, right? But I just think they're going to find a way this year as Oklahoma State to end up being in the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma. I really I think we'll finally get a Bedlam showdown in the Big 12 title game. But also in that, Josh, man, there's a lot of questions about Oklahoma State's defense, right? You lose your, you lose your defensive coordinator. You've lost seemingly every playmaker on that defense, right? And, and I know these same conversations can be had in, in Norman right now, too, and, and we're having them. But, you know, you look up and down. Brock Martin proved himself, right, as a, as a pretty consistent piece for them defensively. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know there's questions, but I just – I don't know, man. I don't know where this belief is coming from, but I have a belief that Oklahoma State's and maybe this never-ending belief in Spencer Sanders is um, they're going to be as – not as good as they were last year, but I, I think they've got a chance to make some noise. I really do. It's not wild to say that. I wouldn't pick Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 Conference myself, but look, the what was it, nine first-place votes, right, that Oklahoma State garnered? Right. I don't think that's right. crazy to pick Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 Conference. They've – Again, I don't think that Spencer Sanders is going to repeat as the <laughs> Big 12 quarterback, first-team quarterback uh, in this league, but he is the defending Big 12 quarterback of the year. Oklahoma State was in the Big 12 championship game a season ago. I'm concerned about a lot of what they're replacing defensively, though they do have Colin Oliver back, and they've got you know an inconsistent quarterback in Spencer Sanders, but I saw what Sanders did in the – Fiesta Bowl versus Notre Dame. If there's any way they can tap into that and get him to play that way consistently to to do that for the entirety of a season, then look, Oklahoma State winning the Big 12 Conference is not crazy, and certainly making it to the Big 12 Championship game is not wild at all. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, let's talk about Beats and Bites. We're at Riverwind Casino. Colin's going to join us to give us the scoop as we roll on on a busy Friday right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Riverwind Casino. We'll wrap the show up with some of your Air Comfort Solutions texts coming up here in just a bit, but I'm really pumped to be joined by Colin Olson from here at the Riverwind Casino. He, well, he's been sweating. Yeah, sweating a lot. He's <laughs> <laughs> been out there getting everything ready for Beats and Bites this weekend, which has been an incredible success so far. How's it gone so far this year? You it's, liking it? Yeah, it's been great this year. I think this is one of the best years we've had. Um, definitely had one of the best turnouts we've ever had That's at awesome. our first one to kick it off this year. Um, I would say it's a record for us on that, so super exciting. Five bucks to uh, be a part of it, and you see some great music, including the Randy Rogers Band here on Saturday night. We'll talk more about that in just a bit, but let's just talk about the ticket-buying process. It's five bucks general admission. Kids 12 and under are free. Uh, you can get the tickets online at riverwind.com, or you come by here at the box office, right? Yep, you can get them at the box office, get them online. You also can get them the day of the show, and the price is still the same no matter what. Uh, we do remind you there's no outside food or drink, but you can bring your own chair, and you got food trucks and food taken care of, right? Yeah, we have a bunch of food trucks, um, all local food trucks. Um, some of them that we've got, um, they've been out lots of times before. Some of them are new. And um, we've got M&P concessions, Carnival Eats and Treats, um, David Smoke Barbecue, Nacho Business, Kettle Pop Stars, Campus Rags, Coits, 
Um, some like it taut, Dallas Designs, just to name a few of them. Some like it taut. Yep. Which They've if I, got um, tater tots, loaded tater tots. Yeah, I, I yeah. saw it. I had not seen some like it taut before, but I saw it. It was at, uh, it was somewhere this past weekend, and it was it was hop. Yeah. So you got to make sure you get in line so you can try that out. But, you know, it, it's I'm glad you brought that up, Colin, because we talk about it so much. You're committed to local. Yep. You know, and, and I understand from a food truck perspective, it's kind of hard to say, we brought in a food truck from Houston. But to commit yourself to these local businesses and to bring them out here, that's a big deal, isn't it, to you? Yeah, it is. We like to do that and give back to the community. That's kind of what this whole event is about, is um, giving back and thanking the community. So tell me about the Randy Rogers Band and the setup on Saturday night. Fans come out here to the Riverwind Casino. Uh, they pay their 5 bucks for their tickets. Their kids are young enough to where they're getting in for free. What are they going to experience? All right, so doors are going to open at 5 o'clock, and then we've got an opening act, the Jason Young Band. They're going to come on at 6. They'll play till about 7.30. Then at 8 o'clock, Randy Rogers Band is going to come on, and they're going to play a great set. And then once they're done, everybody hang around because we're going to do our 4th of July fireworks right after the show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and as I hear, pretty extensive and awesome fireworks display it as well. It is. Um, normally, they're at least 15, 20 minutes long, got tons of explosions, tons, tons of lights, all that fun stuff that you want. And we talk about making it an event beyond just, you know, for the for being a – if you want to rock out and enjoy the Randy Rogers Band, if people even say that. Uh, if you're coming out here to try to uh, make a few bucks or, or, or play the table games or play your favorite slot – it's really cool what you've done around Beats and Bites is you've made it a family event, and it's a big-time family environment. You've got face painting going on for the kids. The Goldby, uh, Goldsby fire truck's going to be out here. You'll have toys, sunglasses, some um, uh, poppets, little slap bracelets, and inflatables. It's really cool, Colin, how you guys have committed to making it a fun family event. Yeah, we want to make it fun for everybody. Uh, final thought, it's not just this Saturday with the Randy Rogers Band, but you've got one more big event. Uh, Scott McCreary, is that the final? Beats Scott and McCreary is the last one. Um, he's going to bring us home at the end of July, on July 30th. And opening act for that one is going to be Kyle Rayner. Very cool. And you can get tickets for that now if you want to. Yep, absolutely. In fact, I just saw our guy, Trevor LaFoon, came out and made sure he got his tickets for that. But get your tickets now. So it's not a rush. Last second. You can do it online at Riverwind.com. Kids 12 and under free. And it's going to be a fun Saturday night. Anything else we need to add? I think that about covered it. It's going to be a great time. You're my man, Colin. Thanks, yep. buddy. Appreciate Thanks you. Me. That's Colin Olson. He is the man in charge of Beats and Bites out here at Riverwind Casino. All right, we'll put a wrap on this show with a look at the Air Comfort Solutions text and some final thoughts from the weekend ahead right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Stick around. So, Josh, did you see the Tony, Tony Busby report moments ago? What's the latest from Busby? So... Josini Anderson had that report that there's a recording of an interview with the adult son of one of the 12 women the NFL interviewed in the Deshaun Watson case, stating his mom initially was complimentary of Watson in their conversations after the massage, but switched her account and tone after the negative allegations surfaced about Watson. The son, of course, intimated that his mother intended to reward his silence per league source, um, but again... It paints a pretty bleak picture of some of the accusers, right? Certainly, Bu- certainly for that right. one, no right. question. Tony Busby says that this accuser isn't one of his clients. How many are out there? How many are out there? Busby said in an email to PFT, it's been reported that 12 alleged victims spoke to the NFL. 
I have confirmed that 10 of those women were my clients. None of my clients had a son questioned by the NFL. As I've said, there were several women who called my office wanting to sue Watson, but I decided, based on my trial of experience, not to represent. I know that at least one of those women spoke to the NFL and also gave a statement to the police. I can only assume it was that woman who is the subject of the leak tweeted about by Miss Anderson. So a couple of things there, right? Number one, Tony Busby painted as an ambulance chaser. Oh, he's just he's just trying to attack. Uh, he's saying, I turned down several people that reached out to me because he's like, hey, listen, I'm sorry, but you you might have done this and said this, but this, you're, this isn't going to hold up. How many more are out there, Josh? I'm starting to buy the New York Post article that there are as many as 66. This is a monstrous, monstrous note in this whole story. Yeah. Yeah, it feels that way. And, you know, the the piece of the puzzle that we were talking about earlier where there was no violence, force, threat, right. or coercion, that, that was the report that came out that the NFL in the, what, five cases that they've been uh, reviewing mm-hmm. and looking into the evidence of that there was none of that. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't mean that there wasn't sexual misconduct, right? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> you know, you. I said earlier, you know, could they still do the – yeah, they could still do the indefinite suspension. Sure. Interesting development. All right. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line to wrap it up. Unless either you or Pierce have any topics you want to get to on our final five minutes that were on the to-do list that we haven't hit yet. I'm sure there's a item or two out there, but – we the people, right? Let's hear from them. We the people. Great, great Jack Swagger. You used a wrestling analogy and you don't even know it. Uh, Jesse writes, I think the NFL wants this to be more than a year deal because of the structure of the Watson slash Brown contract. Maybe. It's like, hey, here's your, here's your year when you weren't paying them. Some would say, though, that would be the push to get, like, what, the second year? In other words, let him pay when he's not, or let him play when he's not getting paid hardly any, but really make him make it hurt the Browns whenever he's getting that twenty to thirty to forty million dollar deal that he's uh, allegedly getting in year number two. Um, for the four hundred five, can you talk a bit about what happens to OU sports that aren't represented in the SEC? For instance, wrestling. Well, I'm, I think we've talked about this before. It's the only sport that's not represented in the SEC. Uh, we've had K.J. Kindler on quite – men's gym, of course. We've had K.J. Kindler on quite a bit. Women's gymnastics is very, very high on the priority list. Baseball might battle basketball for the number two. But from everything I understand, Josh, it looks like wrestling could either A, stay in the Big 12, or B, potentially land somewhere else. I think what, like the – I don't want to speak out of turn, but I, I think staying in the Big 12 is a major option for them. Sounds like it, and, you know, you probably just don't get much clarity on that until we have clarity on when this move to the SEC is actually happening. Right. Peyton writes, why wouldn't the Big 12 tell Oregon and Washington, hey, guys, come join us. We will write into your contract. You can leave if the Big 10 comes calling for no financial penalty as long as you give us an 18-month heads up. Then you at least bump your financials and bring more credibility to the league and then you can essentially just take whatever you want from the Pac-12 and then get up to 18 to 20 teams or so if Oregon and Washington decide to leave. You're 
then not stuck jockeying with the Pac-12, you've already destroyed it. Peyton, I think, Josh, from what we've talked about, that's going to be in play with anyone that's trying to add an Oregon or a No one's going to sign a grant of rights. No one is. That's not, you know, the SEC or Big Ten, right? Yeah. If if it's not with those two leagues and they haven't uh, gotten an invitation – Probably that's exactly right with Oregon and Washington. Now, then what would the stipulation be from the TV networks? They probably come right back to you and say, yeah, but if Oregon and Washington defect, then we're going to go ahead and bump your annual payouts down to this figure, right? Oh, absolutely. It's interesting, man. It's very interesting because – Every single time we think we're looking at the Big 12 from a position of power, there's another report that seems to kind of undercut it a bit. And I'm a firm believer in one thing and one thing only. A lot hinges on Notre Dame. But if the Big 10 really wanted Oregon and Washington, they'd be there. They'd be there. It'd be done. Uh, Burley writes, Burley Boomer, good morning, Burley. Can't wait to just line up and play these games. Maybe my glasses are too crimson colored, but I don't see OU losing more than one game in the regular season, even with that tough four-game stretch to survive, starting with Nebraska. I sometimes feel like I'm that same way. And in closing, I like this from Troy and Norman. Can someone explain to me why the Big Ten does not give Notre Dame an offer they can't refuse? With USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, they now own all the big traditional rivals of Notre Dame. Why not just tell Notre Dame, if you don't join us, we won't schedule any games with you? Why should the Big Ten prop up Notre Dame's program if they don't join? Well, I think those teams still won games with Notre Dame. (laughs) So (laughs) even if you're like, we won't play you, I still think it's like, oh, well, you know, that's all right. Well, and – you know, Warren and the Big Ten offices, they don't have autonomy over Ohio right. State and Michigan and everybody's scheduling. Josh, have a great weekend. You too, my friend. Pierce, have an awesome weekend. Thank we you. Will you as well. Actually, I know we'll actually work a full week next week. Gosh. Oh, I, what am I saying? I'm off on Monday. <laughs> I'm going to be in Springfield, <laughs> Missouri, or Monday. And you're going to be out of the trails on Monday, right, Josh? That's right. That's right. So, be Josh Pierce. Josh and Pierce on Monday. I'll see you guys back on Tuesday. Parker Thune, a lot of crouton talk coming up next on The Ref.